if we're not doing what we're meant to be doing as human beings, and that is seeking expansion and just new things and new learnings and new conversations, then slowly you're letting the world close in on you. And that's, it will create ultimate pain that it's easier to find the things that scare you a little bit now and go for those than to wake up one day and realize that you've ultimately created this like very scary prison around you. And it's your mind. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders. Rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Welcome to Superhumans at Work by Mind Valley. I'm your host, Jason Mark Campbell. And before we get started, tell me, if you could change anything in your life, what would it be? Would it be your body, your career, your relationships? Thankfully, you don't have to choose. As a Mind Valley member, you'll get instant access to the wisdom of world class personal growth teachers and programs that can evolve you in every way for just $2 a day. Are you ready to make a change? Start transforming your life today at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. Today, we have a superwoman joining us in the studio, Lori Harder, who is an entrepreneur, a self-made millionaire, best-selling author, and the host of a top-rated podcast. Her latest book, which is called A Tribe Called Bliss, is really what we're going to be focusing about, whereas when you're going into the career, when you're in your life, what are the tribes you're surrounding yourself with? Who are the people that are around you, and how are they supporting you with the places that you want to go? Now, what I love the most about Lori is that she is someone who is not only a self-love junkie, but has grown three separate multi-million dollar businesses and has grown them as a successful marketer and a network marketing professional. She's the founder as well as the Bliss Project, which is a women's event where thousands of women come from around the world and have attended each year for the past nine years. And her latest venture, which is Light Pink, is all about a wine setzer that allow women to connect, collaborate, and celebrate together, which is obviously going to go deeper into the topic we're going in today. I'm super excited to bring this forward. And Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, you've spoken in audiences up to 1,500 people. You know, you speak a lot about mindset, self-love. And, you know, your book, A Tribe Called Bliss, you really focus on the surroundings and the people we keep around us. I'd be curious to know what got you to focus on that for your first book and how important was your tribe in making that happen? Oh, that's such a great question. I come from a really small town. I have a more restrictive uh, religious background. So I, I wasn't allowed to hang out with people outside of that religion. So put that in a smaller town and all of a sudden your circle is very small, meaning your circle of influence, kind of what, you know, what's coming at you, what's coming into your realm, what you believe. And when I turned 18 and moved out of the house, I kind of went, to, I went to a bigger city. I found myself because I ended up just leaving that religion at the time, I found myself with no friends in a bigger city, being exposed to things I had never been exposed to before. Coming from where I came from, it wasn't a big focus of your future and your career. It was all based on the religion. So I kind of got thrown into this world of like, who am I? What am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, provide for myself? What are, do I even have dreams? What does this look like? And 
I got into a really bad <laughs> friend group and what ended up happening is a lot of really bad habits were, you know, in my life, I ended up having some roommates who drugs, drinking, you know, just so many of, of the different vices that it was just really bad influences in my life. And I had a couple of moments, not a couple of moments, a lot of moments, which I think people can relate to on here where your soul is just like trying so hard to wake you up, but you keep on going back to those things and numbing out whatever it is. And I just went into major, you know, party mode and I got super depressed. And a lot of, as you can imagine, when you're in this mode of just going, you know, down the spiral, a lot of really terrible things ended up happening. And I just, it kept getting hit by the two by four because the universe was trying to wake me up over and over again. And I just had a few really very traumatic things actually happen that I write about in the book. I w went to Mexico with some friends and ended up getting kidnapped there overnight for about, it was about eight to nine hours when it was all said and done. And I just had a moment during that where I really feel like I was spoken to in that moment of just like, this isn't it. You've got so much more. And I ended up getting out of that situation after a lot of just a, that's a story for another time, but after a lot of different things happening that night that we have these moments when those things happen where it's like, why am I still here? And that was a major wake up call for me of why am I still here? And so I just started that question just got into my head of, I, I feel like I'm meant for more. I feel like I'm made for more. And I also think that you don't need a terrifying moment like that or a traumatic moment for us to be feeling that feeling. So if you're feeling that, I know your soul is trying to wake you up to more. It means you are meant for more. We're all made for more. And so this started out the path of, okay, if I'm meant for more and made for more, what in the heck is that? And where do I go? And I'd always had a love of fitness. I came from a family that was pretty overweight. We struggled with our weight. We bonded over food. It was our, our one, you know, bonding thing. It's what we did for fun. It's what we did when we were sad. It's what we did for every single emotion, you know, throw it in the chat box. If you can totally understand that. If you're from the Midwest, I, Midwest in the U S is very, it's just, we, Food is our love language for the most part. So this was a time in my life where I had a realization that I've never seen what I wanted emulated for me, whether that was fitness or whether that was growing a business, because that's just not where our focus was growing up. And I had a realization that I'm going to need to get around the people who have done it before, or we become the people that we're around. That became very apparent to me when I had a few moments where I was like, how did I get so desensitized that I think that all of these crazy things that are happening around me are normal. And it's because I had just slowly, it slowly whittles away at you. And I thought, this is not what I want for my life. And I want to go be around people who want more. And I have to find those people. And I didn't even know where to look, you guys. This was like, you know, 15 years ago at the time. Actually, just I ended up meeting my husband and he had worked in a banking company. He worked for a company called HSBC. And I remember having this conversation with him, like, where are these people? Is there anyone who can help me? Like, I want to learn about personal development. I kind of just want to see about, you know, getting over this crazy anxiety that I have because I had a lot of anxiety of speaking in front of people. I had really terrible social anxiety. So that was a big thing in my head, keeping me from, you know, doing anything, not knowing what I wanted to do yet, but from doing anything, from even interviewing for different jobs. And he went to work 
one day and was asking somebody just randomly like, hey, have you ever like gone to any groups or is there anything out there that people can go to if they just want to grow or like try to get over some different things? And this guy that he was working with, who was just a coworker, he was like, yeah, you know what? I just went to something called Landmark Forum. That was like personal development, this kind of like newer thing. And you guys, this was in the Midwest. So the, the middle of the country catches on to things a little bit slower. We always say we're like 10, 20 years behind from the coast. And so this is when I had, had lived in the Midwest and I was like, you know what, I'm willing to try anything. I have no idea what this is. I've never even heard of something like this. And that was the first moment that I had learned about what full immersion into a different way of thinking was. And it was just three days, but it completely changed my life. Day one, I thought everyone was crazy. I was like, these people are all talking about their feelings and about like, you know, we can manifest these things and we can get over these things. And how do we do this by just talking about it? And it, it just felt absolutely insane to me. I felt like a foreigner, like in a different language with people who like maybe didn't get it. And then the more that you talk to them, the more you realize they do get it. The more you realize that you are just like them, the more you realize we all have the same goals and desires and fears. Oh my God, we all have the same fears. And we're all so, most of us are also socially awkward around people and we have trouble connecting and our deepest desire is to connect deeply and to live out our highest potential. And that was the moment for me that it just, it rocked my world. It changed my life. It showed me that people thought that there were people out there who thought differently and wanted to support you. And that's when I just started going like bananas on personal development and getting into these different groups of people. Cause I had never had that before. I had never had people who wanted to believe bigger things. I never had people who wanted to support in such a big way and, you know, work through our just the things that we all have, right. As human beings work through all of the stuff that we have together. Well, there's so much to unpack from your answer. So first off, thank you for <laughs> the background. And where I wanted to actually take this is one thing that you mentioned that I thought is something I've heard before. And I feel like I'm probably not the only one that has faced this dilemma before. But first off, I'm so glad you're okay and you're able to do what you do now after that horrible kidnapping you went through. Yeah. Like what a traumatic experience. And yeah. you mentioned how that became a bit of a catalyst for waking up because it seems like we're drawn to what is familiar as opposed to what is best for us. But then when mm -hmm. some event happens that is so traumatic, it forces you to kind of recognize your bad ways. And I've had a few of those happen in my life, but I'm wondering, you said you don't need to have those kind of traumatic experiences. I'd be curious to know, what is your advice for people who might be finding themselves in familiar pattern, maybe with some familiar people that aren't the best for them? They are feeling their soul kind of calling to them, but they're not getting nudged hard enough mm. to make an actual change. Can we make that change before the trauma arrives? And how do we get that momentum in a better direction? You know, I think that we have to create the reasons why we're going to do it. So um, my husband and I talk about this all the time, that we have to create our own pain points. If your life is not giving you enough pain, I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth, right? We, we are very motivated by not feeling we don't want to feel discomfort. And what happens is that it can get really easy to look around and be like, eh, I'm all right. And you can convince yourself that you're all right, except you have those days where, you know, maybe it's just once a week right now where you're like, I'm not all right. Like my soul is freaking out right now. I'm actually like not enjoying this circle of friends. Where are the conversations that I want to be having? I can't like go another 
week without feeling like I can be myself or my authentic self or not, you know, using these gifts that I know that I have inside. And I know that people are feeling that right now. So something that I do, because it's easy, you guys, it's easy that once you, you start learning how to accomplish things and you start learning how to create your life and manifest different things in your life, it's actually easy to get comfortable again. And so right now I'm doing different things because it's, it's easy for me to get comfortable in my life. I, I sit in visualizations and think about if I don't do the things that I want to do. So I bring all of the future pain present to one moment as much as possible. I'll sit in that and say, okay, if I don't fulfill this dream, what am I going to feel like in five years? What are my conversations going to be like? What am I going to feel, you know, what's going to excite me? What are some of the things I'm probably going to start like leaning on or doing more of that I don't really love or enjoy. Maybe I'm starting to eat a lot more. Maybe I'm starting to drink a lot more. Maybe I'm starting to not exercise as much. Maybe I'm starting to watch TV and think the world is bad and people are bad. Maybe fear is starting to mount up and I'm starting to be afraid. Maybe my anxiety is getting worse because I'm not doing things that scare me. You're just putting yourself, if we're not expanding, we're probably shrinking the cell in our mind. So you're putting yourself in prison if we're not expanding. And so that's a really good motivator for me to know that I might be okay right now, but if we're not doing what we're meant to be doing as human beings, and that is seeking expansion and just new things and new learnings and new conversations, then slowly you're letting the world close in on you. And that's, it will create ultimate pain that it's easier to find the things that scare you a little bit now and go for those than to wake up one day and realize that you've ultimately created this like very scary prison around you and it's your mind and it's hard to escape it. Hmm. And you know what I find fascinating for the, what you've created. And we were talking about this before we recorded the podcast is now you've designed a life. That's pretty incredible. Like you're, you had this amazing RV, you get to run these businesses remotely and you're being with your family as well as being able to go where you need to go to get the work done, uh, which is, you know, all things that you had to accomplish when you push those boundaries and really stayed out of your comfort zone. And it sounds like landmark forum was a bit of a catalyst of surrounding you with more like-minded and people that were wanting to go in that same direction. And I'd I'd say probably mind Valley has done that effect for a lot of people as well. But Mm -hmm. what I I find fascinating is you've created something great, but it sounds like the way to achieve it was actually with the who, not the why. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to maybe elaborate more on that. So when you started finding the people, so what were you looking for and how were you attracting these people into your life? You know, in the beginning, I was just looking for somebody to help me not have panic attacks anymore, if I'm being honest, because I would think of wanting to go interview for something or go do something bigger outside of my comfort zone. Or at the time I wanted to, um, I have a fitness background and I wanted to do fitness competitions that had always like been something in my mind, watching these women tumble around on ESPN, like network. I was like, oh my God, they must have it all if they're so fit. And they're like, they just looked so powerful. And so that was a really big goal for me, except when I thought about it, I was like, there's no way I can get on stage. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. I don't know anything about nutrition. I, you know, I know a little bit about lifting weights from, you know, all these different magazines that I would buy. So that was the first realization that I was like, okay, I just want to find somebody or something or a group that can help me just get over my fears. And that was really like getting over anxiety, getting over my fears. Then the next group was how do I find somebody who's done this before? Where are the people who have done fitness competitions before? And I ended up finding a group of people for that. So it was a woman out on the East coast named Kathy Savage, who had helped literally help women compete. I was reading a fitness magazine. It was like, come to this camp. We're going to help you like learn everything that you need to do. So 
went into that group of people and realized, wow, you just have to keep finding these groups of people who have done it and putting yourself there. And let me tell you, before I went to every single one and still to this day, I am so like, so fish out of water. I feel so out of place. I feel like I don't belong. And I know that that's the story that comes up to try to block me. Like that's my self-sabotage because right when you are on the verge of your next level, you will figure out how to sabotage yourself. You will be the best person who can convince yourself why you shouldn't go, why you suck, why you don't fit in, why they won't like you, whatever, why it's stupid, why you should like, it doesn't matter if you bought the ticket, like just don't go anyway. So I'm now in observance of that lower self that always wants to try and stop me from going into these new groups because I'll tell you, I've definitely, you can tell from just the, the different like career path that I've taken. I was in retail to fitness, to writing a book, to now alcohol. Like those are very different things, like extraordinarily different things. And when I did each one, I ended up, you know, during the transition, you have to go and find the people who have done it before. So you have to put yourself in those conversations and you actually have to completely transition your life, what you're listening to, who you're around in order to do those things. Like right now, I'm only listening to podcasts on founders and on, you know, the beverage industry. And on when I was raising money, I was only listening to podcasts on raising money and only talking to people about raising money and trying to learn all of those things. So it truly is, you know, as you go and you transition, you have to find those different groups of people because you will become them. You won't even have to try if you put, you will try, but you won't even, it will, it will happen naturally that these conversations will mold who you are. It's the reason why your parents didn't want you to hang out with the bad kids in school, because whether you're doing the things with them or not, you're going to eventually start thinking like them. They're going to wear off on you. And that's the reason why it's also, it's so challenging for us to, to become the people that we want to be, because a lot of us were not raised in the environment you know, from the families of maybe they didn't hold the thoughts and beliefs that we want to hold or that we personally hold. And each time that you go into something new or a new version of you, you are transitioning out of something as well. So it doesn't mean that I don't love those people who helped me write the book and, you know, helped me during while I was putting on personal development events and really into personal development. It doesn't mean I don't still love them. It means I have to change my conversation and spend a little less time with them, even though I think they're the greatest people on earth. But now I have to go learn something new and be around a different mindset and a different way of thinking. So I think what we forget is that even good transitions are transitions and even, you know, sometimes when we're transitioning and the people that we want to be where we can feel like we're leaving people behind or our family behind or old friends behind. And that's where I think conversations and communication is the utmost important thing that you can possibly do because otherwise people are going to feel that way. And I do think that, you know, that, that quote about talking about how some people are meant for, you know, just a small part of your life and some people are going to be there for a lifetime couldn't be more true. And it's the attachment to people and to, you know, thinking that different friendships are meant to be in our life forever is what can actually keep you from becoming the person that you're meant to become.
Before we continue, I just want to tell you a little bit about Mindvalley membership. For all of you personal development junkies like me out there, growing in one area of your life just isn't enough. That's why we made Mindvalley membership to bring you the best personal growth programs on the planet so you can evolve every day in every way. Whether you want to get crazy fit, build a business, or manifest more money in your life, there's a quest for that. And now you can access every single one for just $2 a day. So if you're striving to become the best self and live the life you deserve, try out Mindvalley membership at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. I really love the fact that you're able to step into all these different industries and kind of go at it really strongly. And I was going to ask, is this something that's just of a personal choice or have you noticed that you get more success when you go a hundred percent into something new? Mm. I mean, when I go a hundred percent in and switch gears, I for sure feel a lot more success, (laughs) you know, half in half out is going to get half in half out results. It just is. So total immersion for me with everything. I think I learned that in the personal development world. And then I've just kind of taken it with everything. And that's not for everyone. I'm fully aware that I am not everyone's cup of tea because I do go very all in, but you can also find your people who are like that. And I think that like showing up for your dreams and making your dreams happen is not something that you need to seek to necessarily have people fully understand you. I think that if we're looking for people to really understand and like us, then you probably shouldn't be a serial entrepreneur. (laughs) But I think that there are a lot of people who do understand that like you are here to, there's a lot of us who are here to create. There's a lot of us who are here to, you know, go and blaze that trail and have it be messy and share it. And, and I think that's just the path that I'm on. I love it. You mentioned when you do these transitions as well, that it's not necessarily everybody that you've connected with during that period that you were intense that carries on into the next phases that you have to have that kind of ability to let go. But I'm sure there's also some key people that have remained with you throughout these different stages. I wondered if you had any kind of key qualities you look for, for the types of people you feel are really worth keeping around you, even as you step into different phases. I know for me, like my family is definitely my immediate family is one that I'll always keep along. And I have some key friends I've kept in touch, even from high school or even from even before that. And I'd be curious to know, are there certain things you look for in the people that you're like, you know what, this person's going to stick around with me? Yes. I mean, for me, it's so funny because sometimes you find those people and you just weren't even expecting them you know, to be your people who you're just like, wow, I think this is going to be a ride or die person (laughs) for me. And for me, those people have always kind of been on the same path where we don't have to text or call each other all the time. We can pick up right where we left off. We are very curious about each other's path and very supportive of each other's path. And, you know, we may not talk all the time, but we are 100% like when you need support, I stop everything. And I'm like, How can we get your stuff out there? They do the same stuff for me, you know, fly across the country. They're those people that you will just be there for and they will show up for you. I think that's what I look for. I look for people who will show up for me and they, I will show up for them, but also don't require 
a ton of attention. Like if, if you're, <laughs> I definitely have had friends where they're like, you haven't texted me this week, or I feel like I'm not important. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm like, so not the good friend for you because I'm not that type of communicator. And I think communicating that to them, like, I will disappoint you if you have an expectation that I cannot meet. So that goes back to the book. I actually talk about expectations a lot, depending on what type of friend you are and what type of friend you're looking for. I think it's really important that we put our expectations out there from the very beginning. Let's say we become great friends and you have an expectation that in order for us to remain great friends, that I need to be texting you or calling you once a week, or you don't feel cared for because that is your love language, right? Like maybe you are 100% like quality time, right? Like you just need that quality time and I'm not quality time at all. I am like words of affirmation. There's acts of service, things like that. So I think that saying these things from the very beginning, even though that seems so counterintuitive, like it's so hard to make friends already as an adult and to be so upfront feels really bold. It feels like not very cool. It feels like a really weird and awkward thing to do, except I've found that being able to have these conversations from the very beginning of, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone, you know, that we can hold each other accountable to our dreams. I would love like a once a week check-in. How does that feel to you? And if the person's like, oh, hell no, like, <laughs> then they're not your people, you know, and, and instead of us getting offended or put off by different people who may not be for you, it really actually helps to not take things personal by saying, you know what, they're just not here or they're just not on the same path as me right now. And you probably save yourself a lot of time and heartache by putting out your expectations and what you're looking for in a friendship from the beginning. Yep. And fact is, is they're probably going to be able to do the same if they have that expectation. Some people already seen the chat. like, oh my God, this sounds needy, but their friends that they want to become BFF, they want to hang out commonly and often are there. So being clear on that allows them to go find the real friends that matches their needs as well. So nobody's holding anybody back. Early in the conversation, Lori, you were talking about how even as you were going into these new circles, there was always a bit of anxiety. There was always some shyness. You were like a fish out of water. And for a lot of us, it might be a question of like going into these new groups seems so terrifying just because we don't even know how to handle ourselves. Like, are there basic routines, exercise that we can do to, I guess I'll use the word shy, like to get over that shyness or get over those, this inertia that's just like, well, I'm in my PJs. I could watch Netflix, this networking event. As you said, I bought the ticket, but I'd rather stay home. Even though it probably has what you're looking for, it feels so tough. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amazing question. I love this question. So there are reasons why we feel nervous and there are reasons why we are anxious is you want to fit in. You want to be loved. It's a natural, it's, you know, it goes back to survival. Like if we don't fit in, we might die. If people in our tribe kick us out, you know, if we want to go back to the beginning of time, first of all, acknowledge how normal that is. And that every single person is just putting on a show. There might be one rare person who is, you know, that crazy extrovert who just a lot, like literally can't wait to get there. But majority of us are kind of like, eh, it feels better to stay at home and be in this safe little environment in our pajamas. And maybe I can find what I need in another podcast or another personal development book, except I really think personal development needs to, if you want to take it to the next level, it needs to move into tribe development because that's going to hold you accountable. That's why these groups like this are so incredibly important. Otherwise it stays personal and you don't get out of that. You, you kind of hit a ceiling when you, when you do that, when you stay at home. So a couple things that we can do is we can, the reason we're nervous is we're, we're not armed with the tools that we need when we go. So first of all, acknowledge that everybody's nervous. It's great. Everybody's just a big, like, we're all just a bunch of children wanting to fit in when we get there. 
The second thing is that you just need a few great questions and be really curious. So, you know, I think podcasting has taught me so much that you don't have to be the most interesting person there. In fact, the most interesting person is usually the most interested person. So I think the reason that people love, you know, going and meeting people that they are, they're like, wow, I really had a great conversation with that person. They probably asked really great questions. So this again goes back to my new, this goes to the book. It goes to the new beverage, like the beverage that I have has three really intriguing deep questions on the back that you're meant to arm yourself with, blame the can, blame the book, because they all have different questions to ask each other that actually get below. We actually crack the surface instead of leaving and being like, see, I knew that event was stupid. I didn't, you know, meet everyone was a flake. I didn't meet anyone interesting. I felt like, you know, I didn't get what I wanted. What a waste of time, especially when I used to live in LA for 10 years. I was like, are you kidding me? I just drove three hours there and three hours back to, to talk about what, like we didn't talk about anything. I didn't get anything out of it. So arm yourself with some really good questions. I have a ton of questions in the book, you guys, that, that literally I put in there so that you can ask better questions and get better answers. And what's going to happen with a better question is you're going to realize that you guys are the same. You're going to realize that you can both offer each other something. You're going to realize that you've just made a really epic connection or that you can connect them to somebody that could change their life or vice versa, right? They're going to be like, wow, that's a great question. They're, they're going to answer it. And then they'll say, how about you? It's just how we work. So you're going to get that same question and you're going to find that you guys have opened up something that maybe could have taken years to open up that you did in just a, a brief period of time. So be armed with some great questions. And, you know, if you listen to podcasts, write down some of the questions that he's asking me. These are incredible questions, you guys, that can totally help get below the surface. And so arm yourself with the questions. And also I hold a belief. And I think that when we hold a belief of something that we find it, right? We find what we are um, seeking, no matter what, if you're going to that party or that networking event and you're like, these people suck, nobody likes me. That's exactly what you're going to find. If you go to the party and you believe that no matter what, you can't escape magic from happening or a magical connection. That is the belief that I go in with. I'm like, if I go, something magical is going to happen. It does every single time. That's what I tell myself every single time. And even if I don't see it tonight, something's going to happen and I'm going to see it again. This just happened to me. I was just at a wedding and I was like, something magical is going to happen tonight. Like I'm going to get this incredible connection. I'm not going to know what it is. I was sitting at the table with this woman that we hardly got to talk, but I was like very drawn to her. Like she had great energy. Like we just, the few words we exchanged, it was amazing, but she was kind of too far away. It was like a big round table and she was a little too far away to carry the conversation. It was loud. And I was like, dang it. I would have really loved to have connected with her. That's what I said that night when we were going home. Cause I didn't get to connect after that. And I ran into her in the airport the next day. And I was like, oh my God. I, and I also believe I can't miss what is for me. So I hold those beliefs. Like I cannot miss magic that is for me. So I think that when we tell ourselves that, if we're like, okay, if I go, something magical is going to happen. And if I don't go, I'm going to miss out on it. But also let's say in the rare circumstance that you really can't go. Cause I've had those where I'm like, no, I really wanted to go to this and I can't make it or I'm double booked or whatever. I'm like, what is for me? Can't miss me. So it's just those two beliefs I'm seeing everywhere. Cause I'm, that's what I believe. And that's what I'm spotting. That's the only thing I'm looking for. So 
you know, it's funny because I'm sure there's bad things happening in my life, but I don't focus on those. Of course, I know that there are, but I just don't give them any energy. I give all of my energy to what I want to find and what I, you know, what I believe. So those are your three things. So just number one, awareness. We're all a bunch of weirdos. It's all really awkward. It feels terrible. We all just want to go over to the buffet again and eat some more food or get some more cocktails and then escape into the bathroom and text somebody we know about how much it sucks. We all want to do that. <laughs> number, number two, go armed with some really great questions. And number three, hold the belief that if you show up, something magical will happen. And even if it doesn't show up that night, it will. And you can't miss what is for you. Lori, thank you so much. By the way, I can definitely tell that you also have a podcast because you summarized that very well. That's usually my job. And now you just made it easy for me. I actually wanted to make a plug kind of unconsciously because do I understand this correctly that your drinks, once you've drank it, reveals powerful questions? Is that what it is? They're on there from the get-go. So when you have the can, it says better questions, give better answers, ask a better question. So it, it has the three questions on the back of the can that's meant to get you deeper really, really fast and create amazing connections. It's crazy because I've used these questions before in, in event settings. I had an event for nine years and I'll ask all the women in the room, you know, did any of you get what you needed? Like, did you come here with something that these questions got you what you needed or connection? everybody raises their hand. 500 women in a room, everyone raises their hand. So I know that they work and they're super powerful. So I'm excited about that. So then my, my final question would be, because I know you work primarily with women, right? And I know your book also speaks primarily to women, but as I'm a man sitting here, are there certain aspects that are different or I should consider differently being a man or are we be able to consume this the exact same? Oh, no, it's all. In fact, I think the men who read the book and the men who, you know, drink the beverage, I think it says something so amazing about them just because we are all the same and we all, uh, you know, have the same connecting issues. And the reason that I talk to that, I talk more to women is I feel specifically as well that we have some some very ancient things that we need to get past with each other of comparison and, and jealousy and things like that. So it's just easy for me to speak to women because I've gone through that. But I, I know talking to men and my husband, they all deal with the exact same thing walking into a room. So it's all the same. Lori, thank you so much for your time. This was a great conversation. And what I'm doing is just making sure that everybody that is part of this conversation can go to the Instagram. We have Drink Light Pink, as well as Lori Hutter's Instagram. You can go and follow her there. We'll put some show notes with some links to both this company, both the Instagram, as well as the book, A Tribe Called Bliss. You can go and pick up that. I see that some of our Mind Valley tribe members that get to join these conversations live are already picking up copies of the book or just grabbing Yay. some drinks for some great questions. So again, <laughs> Lori, thank you so much for your time and all you super humans tuning in. We'll see you next time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you haven't signed up already, be sure to check out Valley membership. Besides getting unlimited access to our top rated programs and trainers, you'll also join an incredible supportive community on our new connections app. This is basically a global campus where you find like-minded friends, mentors, and accountability partners from around the world online or get together at local meetups. If you want education that connects you with kindred spirits and transforms you from the inside out, join the tribe at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman today. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.